Tonight, the part of announcer typically played by Amy Lowry will be played by Jasmine Owen. The part of in-house comedian Aaron Salinas will be played by David Ron. Who wants to be involved in this system when everyone is telling them there is no place for it? If you are putting up all these barriers, the average person thinks there must be barriers for a good reason. Like maybe I don't need to be involved in this process. If we see what's happening with vote by mail right now, more than 20,000 vote by mail applications, ballots thrown out in the primary. Yes, it is critical. Every single one of those voters was impacted. Every single voter in the state is impacted by the fear that that instills in them, that their vote doesn't matter. That even if they show up, the state can legally throw it out. That if they do everything right, the state is still going to put up these obstacles. And so there's a sense of hopelessness that comes with that. And to me, that is such a big part of the low voter turnout that we see here. People don't have a belief that anything can change. Welcome to Over the Ledge Live, the podcast, the number one and some say only political satire show based solely on the Texas legislature. I'm Jasmine Owen, and I'm glad you're here. Over the Ledge gives you a behind the scenes look at the shenanigans of the Texas legislature by decoding political headlines and legislators' behavior into easy to understand single aunt jokes. We're just as funny, but not as famous yet. We're so excited to bring you the season finale of Over the Ledge Live, the podcast, or as we say in the business, sign die mofos. (laughs) Let's meet our guests tonight. I wasn't ready for that. (laughs) First up, we have comedian, athlete, and all around good guy, Dave Rom. Dave Ron is an improviser, musician, and actor from Austin, Texas. He's technically on Instagram and Twitter, but he doesn't use them, and he likes walks around the neighborhood. He was a founding member of the musical improv group Sensation, That Racket. Please welcome Dave Ron. Thanks, y'all. Happy to be here. Next, we have comedian... Kirsten Anderson. Kirsten, Kirsten. Kirsten. The cursor. Kirsten like curse. Anderson. Yeah. No relation to Mr. Anderson, i.e. Neo. Kirsten is a 10-year resident of Austin and mother of Edwin Muffins, a geriatric terrier. While newer to the city's stand-up scene, her jokes have been prominently featured in The Office. Not the <laughs> just her actual office. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of work, fun fact, as a child, she wanted to be a political talk radio host. Well, today, we've made it. You can follow her at Kirsten Anderson underscore comedy. Welcome to the show, Kirsten. Thank you. Happy to be here. So I have to ask, based on what I learned earlier, like, was Rush Limbaugh your idol? I, I will just say this. I may have attended Dan's bake sale as a child. My sister might have been born while my parents were listening to Rush Limbaugh. I'm really big on reaching across the aisle. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Our very special celebrity celebrity guest for tonight is Charlie Bonner, a youth voting rights advocate and communications professional working to engage a new generation of civic leaders. 
Currently, Charlie runs statewide communications and outreach at Move Texas, a nonpartisan nonprofit dedicating to empowering young people in civic life and tearing down barriers to the battle box. As a spokesperson for the voting rights movement, he frequently appears in local and national outlets, including the Texas Tribune, the New York Times, National Geographic, CNN, and MSNBC. He's now finally made it to the big leagues with this feature on Over the Ledge. Please welcome Charlie Bonner. Finally, finally. You did it, you did it. We did it, Joe. Thanks for being here, Charlie. Thanks for having me. Of course. Finally, we have the creator and ruler of the Over the Ledge Empire, who needs no introduction, Stephanie, Serenity Now, Chiarello. Thank you. Yeah, guys, this is our season finale, which I want to make sure you all understand. I think we had 14 episodes this season. We have almost 45 episodes total. We made it into the finals of the best of in the Chronicle, which we won't find out until May 20th. And someone today asked me if they could cross promote over the ledge on their podcast. And they said something like, because your show is doing so well. And I was like, how do you know your show is doing well? But obviously, yes. So this is pretty big. And because it's the finale, there are no rules. Okay, just have Perfect. Just how I like it. No rules? No rules. You okay. see what I did to everybody else who's normally on this show? They're out of here. But, <laughs> but we can just do whatever we want. Okay. It's very impressive, Stephanie. Thank you, Jasmine, for your support. Just a reminder to save the date. We'll be back live and in person September 16th through 18th, 2022 at the Long Center. And because of our generous sponsors, we can actually pay the theater. Wow. And maybe for some costumes. So thanks again, sponsors. (laughs) Your thank you letters are in the mail. (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie promises. That's right. I got six months, right? Isn't it six months? That's right. <laughs> now it's time for What's Up in Texas with our host, Stephanie Chiarello. Hello. Hey, guys. What's up in Texas? I'm going to do some new monologue jokes and a few classics from this season. In addition to local ballots, early voting is underway. I'm going to move this over here. Hold on. Gently, sweetly. Everything's fine. It's exactly how I want it. Maybe sweetly. Everything's fine. That's, that's yeah. Right. That's a good... Okay. Just kidding. I'll be looking over here. <laughs> <laughs> In addition to local ballots, early voting is underway for two state propositions to lower property taxes for homeowners. When asked what the state is doing for renters, Governor Greg Abbott texted back, Who dis? <laughs> <laughs> Beto O'Rourke recently tested positive for COVID-19 and says symptoms are mild, just like the enthusiasm for his campaign. Oh, it's true. It is. State Rep Chris Turner says he won't run for House Democratic Caucus chair again, but he will be taking it with him per the caucus rules on musical chair. That would be a better set of rules. That would be a better set of rules. (laughs) All right. Residents of Lano County are suing their officials for recent book bans 
which they say are a coordinated censorship campaign. Llano County officials say they cannot confirm or deny it is quote unquote censorship since they have already burned the library's dictionaries. <laughs> Side note, my older sister Catherine is the one representing these people who are suing their officials for the book bans. Good stuff. Yeah, it's family of heroes. Bless you, Charlie. Yes, we are. <laughs> and so humble. Humble is our middle name. All right, here are some classics that I was interested to see how quickly they are not relevant anymore. So I'll try to give you background if you need them. The Justice Department is investigating reports of abuse in Texas's juvenile prisons. I know. I hadn't heard about it either. I was so focused on children's genitalia and what sports team they should play on. Still relevant. Still unfortunately okay. relevant. Well, Thank yeah. You. Governor Abbott signed off on the law policing transgender student sports participation, which the White House called hateful. It didn't bother Greg Abbott, though, because he's like a vampire. The only way to get through to his heart is to stab it with a stake. <laughs> That was on our Halloween show, but I still think it's true. <laughs> Isn't every day Halloween when Greg Abbott is governor? <laughs> <laughs> it's always after midnight whenever Greg Abbott is governor. <laughs> the Justice Department is suing Texas over SB1 for disenfranchising elderly, disabled, and limited English proficiency voters. Governor Abbott responded, glad to hear it's working. <laughs> Some Texas Republicans are calling for a fourth special session after having banned mask mandates to also ban vaccine mandates. Mandate banning, book banning. I got to say, they're really putting the ban back in the Texas Taliban. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Kirsten. I like that one. <laughs> Last week, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick tested positive for COVID, but didn't tell anyone because he was afraid it would ruin his street cred for being the most negative politician out there. Hey. <laughs> Daniel Patrick. Agricultural commissioner and drunk uncle Sid Miller's campaign consultant was indicted for theft and bribery. <laughs> I haven't had that much to drink. Bribery. It's terrible. Let's go back in time. Agricultural commissioner and drunk Uncle Sid Miller, the campaign consultant, was indicted <laughs> for theft and bribery related to hemp licenses. Now, let's be blunt. Is it political retribution or just high time somebody caught on to his act? I hear the investigator goes by Bong, James Bong. Yeah. 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 420 somewhere. Thank you. Okay, we got four more here. The head of the Texas DMV resigned due to the widespread sale of fake paper license plates, but I heard her resignation letter was just a napkin taped to the back of an underlit Camaro. Yeah. Yeah. A new law prohibits the state from contracting with or investing in companies that divest from oil, natural gas, and coal companies. Dang. Right? This is like McDonald's firing an employee for eating fruits and vegetables. <laughs> or Marlboro, Marlboro for firing an employee who doesn't smoke. 
for the Texas CPS firing an employee who refuses to date a child trafficker. Now, this is funny because (laughs) there was a CPS employee who was dating a child trafficker and helping traffic youth who used to be trafficked. Thank you, Charlie, for recognizing this horrible story. All right. Oh, hey, last one. My favorite joke. How do you tell the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? Why, Dave, it depends. Do you see it later or after a while? (laughs) All right, there are two elections coming up, constitutional (laughs) amendments right now, and then runoffs at the end of May. So make sure to be part of the 1% of people who vote in those (laughs) elections. Uh All right, that's it. Get get me out of here, Jesse. So (laughs) that happened. Hey, Ledger. That's right. That's the nickname for people who listen to Over the Ledge. It's me, your host, Stephanie Chiarello. If you enjoy listening to the Over the Ledge podcast, we think you'll like another podcast called the Progress Texas Happy Hour, which, as you might tell by the name, involves alcohol. They cover the wild week in Texas politics and the key messages around big issues. It's the Progress Texas Happy Hour, delivered every Friday to your favorite podcast platform. Okay, audience, let me tell you how this podcast works. (laughs) On tonight's episode, Dave and Kirsten are competing against each other for the coveted Most Knowledgeable Comedian in Austin Award. Comedians, please be aware that you can each phone a friend three times if you're stuck on a question. And by friend, we mean Charlie. Great. I'm like, please don't tell anyone we're friends, though. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Just a game. Just a game, guys. <laughs> I appreciate yeah, your honesty, back. Charlie. Just At least you can get it right Just out there. Okay. I'd like to phone an acquaintance. <laughs> acquaintance Charlie. Bye, I know. Yeah. He tells it like it is. <laughs> this award is given to the comedian who knows the most about Texas politics according to the outcomes of the games on our show. Stephanie, show the award. Ooh. Oh my god, that's a real award. You actually get this? Wow. That was the, the I want that. Kirsten, I'm like going to take this seriously. Dave, you have no shot. <laughs> I know so All much right. about politics. All right. Great. Yeah, me too. Game on. I'm nervous. <laughs> Whoever wins gets their picture taken with our special guest, Charlie Bonner. He will post a picture on his social media announcing that the winning comedian is most knowledgeable comedian in Austin. Stephanie, did we ask Charlie if he's okay with this? Obviously not. Based on his previous comment, I don't know if he's going to do this. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. All right. Again, I appreciate your honesty. Our special guest, Charlie Bonner, is a youth voting rights advocate. Since our season finale, 14 great episodes, and one or two just okay ones, we're going to play one game instead of two. This game is our favorite questions from each episode of this season's podcast. It's called HodgePodge, which is very different from ModgePodge. That's a joke for all you crafty people out there. <laughs> like those who are into arts and crafts, not like evil people. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Okay, a Mod Podge joke? It's a yes. <laughs> yes. And don't even get me going on I love this show. or E6000, okay? Because I will go there and we won't be able to get off there because we'll be stuck. Oh, that's a really crappy joke. Okay, so we've got one game instead of two. Lots of questions. Charlie is your the guy you're allowed to reach out to. Yeah, not a friend. Not a friend who is there to help. Not a friend. Okay, Kirsten, we're going to start with you in this game. This first question is from our first show with journalist John Moritz. The game is called Special Session My Ass. This is a multiple choice question. According to the Texas Constitution, how often is the legislature supposed to meet during what we call a regular session? Your choices. Every year, all year long. Every other year, all year long. Every other year for 140 days. September to May of every year, just like school. Ooh, I'm going to go September to May, just like school. <laughs> Wonderful. It's actually every other year for 140 days. And still, and that's all right, Kirsten. That's okay. You'll get I'll it next time. Don't worry. Growth mindset. You yeah, know, that's funny. great. And Charlie's exactly right. You don't want them there another day. <laughs> a minute more. Not a minute, Not a more. minute yeah. more. Okay, this next question for you, Dave. It's from our episode with lobbyist Andy Kate, and the game was called Spooky, Scary, or Werewolf Bar Mitzvah. <laughs> okay. This was our Halloween episode, so we had a lot of great jokes. Okay. Who... <laughs> Who is said to haunt the governor's mansion? A young Texas scout and a girl who was a Comanche. Ann Richards' beloved Pekingese dog, Chowder. No. Sam Houston or Governor Abbott's soul? Well, yeah, it's definitely Governor Abbott's soul, but I'm not going to I'm not going to go with that one. I also really quick, there's no rules tonight, so I can ask my not friend Charlie for help as much as I want, right? There's no rules. I guess so. I guess you're um, right. Okay. Um, I just wanted to confirm that. You think I spent um, a lot of time in the haunted governor's mansion? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, sir. Charlie and Greg go way back. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe when Rick Perry was there, Charlie, you spent more time there. <laughs> you know, I, I would rather. <laughs> I'd rather get this one. A joke just for me? <laughs> I'd rather get this one wrong than ask for help. I'm going to go with the scout and the, the girl. Yeah, you're right. That's correct. All they say is a girl who was a Comanche. That really helps us out with our like political awareness and wokeness. I'm really impressed. Yeah. Do you think that's uh, why he hates kids so much? Like... <laughs> That place is just crawling with them. So That's got, right. Like, it's like, oh my he's God. just got a ban trans kids as a result. Says a vendetta. That's it. That's exactly why, Charlie. That's you the code. nailed it. Okay, <laughs> this is bonus, but not really, Dave. You don't really get a bonus here. Would you consider okay. this spooky, scary, or werewolf bar mitzvah? <laughs> I love the category of werewolf bar mitzvah, but I would not say that a scout and the girl that's a Comanche is werewolf bar mitzvah. I would say 
maybe picturing like a ghost of a scout and a girl that's a Comanche. I keep saying girl that's Comanche and not a Comanche girl because I like that phrasing. I'm going to go with um, spooky. I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Yes, this is just an opportunity for us to say werewolf bar mitzvah as often yeah. as we possibly can. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. All right. I hope something later on is that feels comfortable being a werewolf bar mitzvah. I think it should be a follow-up question to all of the questions. <laughs> <laughs> Kirsten. This was from our episode with then barely Lieutenant Governor candidate Matthew Dowd. <laughs> the game was called What and Why is Lieutenant Governor? So before becoming Lieutenant Governor in 2015, Dan Patrick had which of these jobs? A, sportscaster nicknamed the Silver-Tongued Devil. B, co-owner of a chain of sports bars that went bankrupt. C, owner of a talk radio station who signed an unknown Rush Limbaugh. You should perhaps know this information. Or D, all of the above. And I'm sorry to pick on you. Ooh. I was actually thinking about him the other day in Patrick. I was, because I was like, he's going to come up. I should research him. And then I I didn't. I'm going to go D, all of the above. You're going to get it right, Kirsten. On the board. On the board. What a fascinating career. Right. <laughs> he once got a colonoscopy on air, right? Isn't that a vasectomy? A vasectomy. A vasectomy. Thank you. Thank you. On air. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that mean that he's pro birth control? Ooh. Sounds like it. Oh. For men. Like, yeah. Or- I'm pro birth control for men and women. Yeah, me, me too. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. If we let men like control it themselves, I- I don't know. I'm trying to think of a vasectomy joke here and like your vast deference, but it's really hard to make anything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Maybe think about this later. (laughs) We can't. I'm sorry. I'm reading somebody commented and I was thinking. Okay. All right. So the next one for you, Dave Ron. This is from our episode with Blake Rocap, who is an activist with Avow, which was formerly NARAL, Texas, which was formerly National Abortion Rights. For all ladies. I don't remember what Nayral said for. <laughs> all right. This is from the game called Woman's Right to Know, as an N-O, because no abortions, but actually we make them read a pamphlet called A Woman's Right to Know before they get an abortion. Mm-hmm. So how many women died from childbirth in Texas in 2018 per 100,000 live birth? Oh, God. There, there's no suggestion. No, I'm sorry. Give a number. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm not going to take a shot. Yeah, I'm, that's I'm, the question. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to like, guess the okay. number. 1,252. I remember this is per 100,000. 19, 112, or 50. Wow. That, I really don't have a good benchmark. So this is women who died in childbirth? Yes. Of died like in any... childbirth for any reason but during childbirth oh god uh i feel like this is one of those things where it's like way worse than you would ever think in like a modern country um and i so i'm gonna go with the 1250 is that one of the ones it was it was yeah i like the way you're thinking but it was really just 19 
Great. Okay. Good. I'm, <laughs> okay. Honestly, I'm glad I got that wrong because okay. yes, there's a follow up. Okay. Okay, but wait, there's a follow up. Cursed, oh, no. and this is for you. Okay. Uh, what she gets a steal? No. Yeah. That was your question. This is another question based on the same. <laughs> okay. I, okay. I can back up. Okay. How many women died from abortions per 100,000 abortions? Uh oh. Yes. Does, she, does she get do the I, numbers again? No choice. I'm sorry. Again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And this is in the United States. Okay. Where the one previously was Texas, but this is United States wise. And you're like, why didn't she use the same data? Because it's and not her, out there. And for a thousand, thousand for 100,000 birth. That's 100, just like how births. they do stat. Was it 19, zero, 112, or not enough women died from abortion? Oh, God. <laughs> Please don't say D. <laughs> Gonna go with. Well, I feel like zero is very low. Mm-hmm. I feel like there has to be some complications from most medical procedures, and yet, 112 seems high. Mm-hmm. What hundred thousand? And Dave's population was a thousand women. Is that correct? It was a hundred thousand. He also had one hundred thousand, but it was just deaths in Texas only. Versus this is nationally. Women who died from an abortion. Oh, oh. Charlie, do you know? <laughs> I'm not going to say that I know. But my heart tells me zero. I like it. Let's go with the heart. Let's say zero. True story. So it's 0. 0.73. Oh. I, wound it, I wounded it down. I wound wounded it down. it down to zero. But the point here of this game was... 19 women in Texas alone out of 100,000 died from childbirth, zero from abortion. Do we have any laws that improve outcomes for women giving birth? No. Great, great story, Stephanie. I know. Okay, Dave. That was good. I feel like I learned something, and Charlie is the expert. I'm very impressed. Yeah, but he's not your friend. No. Okay. Curse. Nope. Dave. Dave. Uh, This came from the episode with Ag Commissioner candidate Susan Hayes, and the game is called The Commish. (laughs) Who is the current commissioner of the Texas Department of Agriculture? Is it Sid Miller, Ken Paxton, Jeff Patterson, or Susan Cohn? I was expecting at least one silly name in there, like uh, like Batman actor. It doesn't matter. It's Sid Miller. Sid Good Miller job. is a silly name. Susan Combs? That's not a good superpower. Okay, same episode, Kirsten, different question. Which of the following is not the name of a Texas-approved hemp variety? Oh. Okay. Mandarian pie? <laughs> Bubba Kush, <laughs> your mama, violent femme, sweet wife. Which one of those is not the name of a Texas approved hemp variety? Wow. Four of those are approved. One is not. <laughs> exactly. Wow. I'm going to say them one. again because I yeah, love them. Mandarin pie. 
Uh-huh. Bubba Kush, <laughs> your mama, violent femme, sweet wife. I'll go with your mama. How dare you know the appropriate <laughs> answer, Kirsten? Right. It's going to very Texas. It'd be like y'all's oh. mamas or something like that. Great okay. Point. Yes. Great point. Uh, those, there are a <laughs> lot of approved hemp varieties, and I yeah. aspire to have one named Violent Feb. Y'all's mama. <laughs> y'all's mamas. Y'all's mamas. Your mama, my mama, your cousin. All y'all's mamas. <laughs> From where Aaron is having fear of missing out. Oh, where did he say that? No, no, he's not listening, oh. but I remember he really enjoyed this question in the past. That's right. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, somebody thought he needed to go get a dog, and I said, that sounds great. Okay, <laughs> we're back to Dave. This is from our episode with activist Carrie Collier-Brown, and the game is called The Primary Directive. Which elected official is the state official responsible for collecting taxes? overseeing the state treasury and forecasting the amount of money that's available for the state's two-year budget. And this is for Dave, yes? Is it the registrar, governor, attorney general, or comptroller? Oh, God, this is, I feel embarrassed. Uh, okay, since there's no rules, I think it's comptroller, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call my, the other person on this <laughs> Podcast who's who's being nice to me, that's, I guess. Charlie. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with Comptroller then. Yeah, you're right. Do you know the name of our Comptroller? Yeah, Charlie, what's the name of our Comptroller? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no yeah. points here, Jasmine. Do we no know point. that? <laughs> you know it? Uh, I, I'm okay. like, if I had multiple choice, maybe. <laughs> okay, is it Susan Combs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Van Taylor, Gleg, Glen, um, Glenn, Glenn Hagar. Hagar. Okay, you got it. <laughs> Glenn Hagar. Okay, Kirsten, you are keeping track, Jasmine. Yes, I am keeping track. So I far, both Kirsten are tied three Ooh. to three. Ooh, okay, right. anyone's game at this point. Okay, Kirsten, this next show is from one with Representative Gene Wu, and it's my favorite game that we play. It's called Tweet or Twasn't. And you've got to answer. I'm going to read you a tweet, and you're going to tell me if Gene Wu, if you think he really tweeted it, or if it wasn't a tweet. Mm. Okay. You know what? We may never play this game again. Were you asking him if he tweeted this? No, he was there listening to them, and he could be the, the friend. Um, and we may never play Tweet or Twasn'ts again, Elon. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Okay. And I know I this is it. hard because you don't know Gene Wu. You weren't there, but it's my favorite game. So here's the Tweet or Twasn't. True happiness is finding someone who looks at you the same way Texas Republicans look at legislation to bully transgender children. Was that a tweet or a Twasn't? From Representative Gene Wu. I believe it to be a tweet. You would be correct. It was a tweet. <laughs> I, I may have listened to that episode hey! as part of my homework in preparation. I love it. I love it. it. Look at that. Someone that using one. her resources. <laughs> he is the best tweeter on Twitter. He is. 
Yeah, good job. Good ones. Thank you, Kirsten. <laughs> okay, Dave, Ron, and Charlie, I'm not going to pick on you here. Okay, but just between you and me, come in for the sidebar. Your tweets weren't that entertaining. Um, I, I tried it. to come up with a tweet or twasn't, but they were like pretty like straight up message delivery. What's up with that? That's why they pay me the big bucks. Right. <laughs> I even went to Instagram. I was like, can it be Insta or and no, just I'm, like, I'm not giving people the content they want anymore. I noted, you know, feedback. Heard. Okay. Feedback. Heard. No. Thank you. Still love you, but. Got to increase laughs per minute. Got it. Gotcha. <laughs> but you have like 7,500 followers. What are they doing? If I knew. Owning. <laughs> Every day I'm like, get out of here. It's not worth it. <laughs> get out, get out. Right. <laughs> I'm like, if you leave, then maybe I can leave. Like, we should all. Leave this You're like, I don't know together. how to make my facts any drier. <laughs> I don't know how to cut all the wit out of them any better. Like, I knocked my ring light out <laughs> with my jovious laughter. Uh-huh. All right, Dave. Uh, this right. was from the show with journalist Scott Braddock, and it's called. Texas journalist, Texas candidate, or Texas character on TV. Cool. So I'm going to give you a name, and you're going to have to tell me if they are a journalist, a candidate, or a character on TV. And you're both going to play this game once. So the next question will be to you, Kirsten. Okay, so is this person a Texas journalist, candidate, or Texas character on TV? Bobby Ewing. Oh, just the name? Yeah. I'm giving you Bobby Ewing, and you have to tell me, is that a journalist, a candidate, or a character on TV? Who oh, oh, wow. Uh, there's so little information here. Um, Charlie, oh, can you yeah. help me out again? You know, here's what I'm hearing about being a guest here, is I feel like I'm the only one that looks bad for not knowing. Well, <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but do you know, do you know or you don't know? I'm gonna say TV. All right, I'm gonna go with TV. I'm I'm trusting Charlie. As you should. Yes, Bobby Ewing is from the TV show Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. Good job, Charlie and Dave. Hey, that's why you're the. That's why you're the guest, <laughs> and I'm the comedian. <laughs> I was like, I was like, it's gonna be a reporter, and I'm a comms person, and I'm getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it ends. <laughs> okay, Kirsten. Same same setup. Your person is. Candy K. Horn. Charlie? <laughs> I believe that's a candidate. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What's yes, it was a Republican candidate for governor, Candy K. Horn. Yeah. Look at you guys killing it. Yeah, Where all of us. <laughs> equally. Yes, definitely equally. Okay, back to Dave. This was from our show with Judge Amy Clark Meacham, a game called Judging Amy. Oh, and I didn't cut and paste the question, but I know the question. How many justices sit on the Supreme Court of Texas? Nine, 12, 15, or five? I think it's five. It is nine. I'm sorry. There's a chief justice and eight other justices. Now we're good. I feel okay. good about it, and I feel good about getting it wrong. So. Okay, I'm glad <laughs> that you the knew there was a Supreme Court in Texas. Okay, Kirsten, <laughs> this show is with Reverend Amelia Fulbright. 
It was called Faith on the Hill. You're going to tell me if a legislator said this, and this game is based on a research of the religion and the thoughts of legislators from 2015 with the Texas Tribune, or did Amelia Fulbright say this in one of her sermons? And here's the quote. Christian hospitality requires us to get our hands dirty with the work of hosting strangers right here in our midst. Was this Reverend Fulbright, Governor Greg Abbott, Senator Sarah Eckhart, Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, or Representative Eddie Rodriguez? I'm going to go with the first option. You're going to be correct. This was from Reverend Fulbright. A legislator absolutely did not say these words. <laughs> absolutely not. All right. We're, we're close here, guys, to winding down. Uh, this next one is for Dave. This was our show with Jason Stanford, who is a communications. My king. Your king. And also uh, co-wrote a book called uh, Forget the Alamo. This game is called Forget the Alamo. I never knew it. Okay, I love that I forgot to cut and paste the question. I only cut and pasted the answer. So Fiorello. <laughs> but I remember. So this was uh what was the Alamo in its past before it was the thing we know that Oh my gosh. Great question. Okay. Was it one of several seasonal homesteads at the Cohitikins, the largest Indian groups living between the Rio Grande River and the headwaters of the San Antonio River in the sixteen hundreds? A private ranch owned by Martin Perfecto de Coz, the great-grandfather of Richard King of the King Ranch fame. A voyager's outpost built originally by the Frenchman Pierre de Alamode during his <laughs> tragically unsuccessful attempt to claim what was west of New Orleans for the French in 1811. Or a religious outpost of the Spanish Empire named Mission San Antonio de Valero. And I just want to give you this one one more time. A voyager's outpost <laughs> built by the Frenchman Pierre d'Alamode. Okay? That's, yeah. I just want to be sure. Yeah. No, I think Pierre, he went further north and set up a lot of the French outposts in Oklahoma. So I know it's not Pierre d'Alamode. Um, I'm going to go with the Spanish missionary and I should really quickly, I should know this. I grew up in Austin. The, I got the, all of the Texas education that anyone should like, you should never, it was such a, anyway, there's a lot of Texas education <laughs> and we spent a lot of time on the Alamo and I still don't know what the Alamo was before it was the Alamo. And so I, I just want to point out, I don't know what I was doing for all that. So anyway, having said that, I'm going to go with the Spanish missionaries. You you have overcome all those obstacles, Dave. Yes, it was a religious outpost of the Spanish Empire named Mission San Antonio de Valero, mm -hmm. which is why I always get my gas from Valero. Remember the Alamo. Okay, we've got, ooh, we're, we're narrowing it down. Kirsten. Okay. This is from our April Fool's episode with Senator Carol Alvarado, and we're talking about voting rights in Texas. So the Texas voter ID law states that A, the ID must have a photo of the voter on it. B, that a license from any state is an acceptable form of ID. C, if someone doesn't have their ID, they cannot vote. 
or D, a Texas handgun license is not an acceptable form of ID. And I want to remind you that Charlie is working for voters' rights. So this is a do or die question for him. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get this one right. Yeah. Okay. Charlie, do you think it's C? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's C. You don't think it's C? Okay. I wanted to try to put myself out there first to see if yeah, I was on the right track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stephanie, can we please repeat A, B, and D options? <laughs> yes, you can. Uh, a is the ID must have a photo of the voter on it. Mm -hmm. B is a license from any state is acceptable as the form of ID. C is if someone doesn't have their ID, they cannot vote. And D is a Texas handgun license is not an acceptable form of ID. I'd like to backtrack my answer. I do think it is C. <laughs> you do think it's C? I think it's C. Okay. If I'm understanding the question correctly, which is always a hard maybe. <laughs> what are you going to say? Let's take it on faith. Let's go with C. I'm sorry. It's actually oh. A. You must have a photo. I'm on like, it. what was the question? <laughs> it was that the voter ID law state. So if you don't have your ID, like with a photo on it, you can sign an affidavit that says you couldn't get your ID oh. and you oh. couldn't get the right and just a say reasonable impediment form. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for knowing. Yeah. So. I don't know if Charlie works in voting rights. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, can I plug my uh, one thing people should know about this also? Please, that people please. don't normally know um, is people generally think that their address on their Texas ID needs to match what their voter registration is. And that's not true. And so if you've just moved and you still have your old address on your license, it is still good to use. It's your name and your photo. Then. Mostly. Okay. And what do we know about felons? Uh, I'm like, what, what a phrasing, what a phrasing of that question. I don't know what I see uh, on in TV terms mostly. of their, I mean, do you know any single ones? That's my first question. <laughs> Second is what are their rights as far as voting goes? Yeah. Folks um, who have been like, have been through that process uh, just need to be off paper is the like technical term. Um, and they can go through that process of registering after that. But you want to make sure that you are completely off paper through that process. This is a state that has targeted people for the confusion in that law specifically. Um, and so that's definitely somewhere where you want to make sure that you're reaching out to your lawyers and folks and make sure that you are like walking through that process correctly. Thank you. And then let's go ahead and tell people about 18 year olds. Can I register before I'm 18, Charlie? Only slightly. If you'll be 18, if you'll be like 17 in 10 months, you can register to vote if you'll be 18 before that November election. Thank you so much, Karen. Okay, we've got two more questions, or one more. Dave, this is it, right? This is it, unless y'all are tied. Okay. This what is, is the score? From... Hold What's on, you're not going to find out yet. You're not going to find <sighs> out. I don't want additional don't pressure on Dave it. right don't now. Drama. What is that? That's. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Does this does this question even matter? Am I like just like Okay, fine. Fine. Jasmine, <laughs> what is what is Yeah, what's the start? I, I can't decide if I'm being nice or if I'm being like bullied by Dave right now. Yeah, I mean, There's no rules. There are no rules. Okay. There's no rules. So what happened is there a chance for Dave? If Dave gets this question right, Dave and Kirsten would be tied. 
Okay, Ooh. now there's Dave. Oh, hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. Okay. Good luck, Dave. Thank you. Thanks, Kirsten. Okay. See this is our episode with Representative Aaron Zwiener, and it was on uh, Passover. So the question was, the game was called, what would Jesus, a Republican, a Democrat, or a Passover Seder do? Mm. I'm going to read you a quote, and you're going to tell me what's this. There's a lot going on there. <laughs> and then finally, werewolf bar mitzvah. Okay, right. always the choice. A lot of options. I'm going to read you a sentiment or a quote, and you're going to tell me, is this in the Bible? Is this in the Republican or Democratic Party platform? Or from the Passover Seder. Okay. Okay. And here it is. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Okay. Passover doesn't have a lot of like hospitality. It's like leaving a lot of leaving <laughs> and not hospitality. So I'm going to say not Passover. And I don't think. Either party platform would have that. So I'm going to go with the Bible for the tie. Fuck yeah, Dave. You got it. Yeah, you got it. We're tied. And I did not expect this. So talk amongst yourselves while I pull up a tiebreaker. Yeah, I wonder what we're going to do with the tie. Do we just split the award? Who Do we both get photos with Charlie? Oh, yeah. I ask a tiebreaker, and if you both get both questions, then you tie. Unless okay. there are no rules, and you know what? Maybe I win. Maybe. I know, I was like, you yeah, I <laughs> Okay, you know what? We're going to go back to uh, season two. I'm going to ask you a question from season two. Wow. That was now. Yeah, okay. Season two. Episode. We're going to look at... Let's see what episode we're going to look at. Friday, May 21st. Great day. This was, I don't even know <laughs> who our what guest year? was. Church versus state. It was just uh, last year. So just about a year ago. Almost a year ago. Okay, this That's is going to be from a game called Church versus State. It's sudden. It's not send death. You each get a question and then we try again. Okay. Ooh, this looks like a hard game. Okay. Okay. They are. Okay. I got the voting rights question. <laughs> I'm gonna get fired. <laughs> okay. Here we go, Kirsten. Prayer in schools is a popular topic right wing politicians use to gear up their evangelical voting base. This may explain why State Rep. Mays Middleton filed a bill, House Bill 2399, that would allow school districts to adopt which of the following policies? A. Require the reading of Bible verses before school every day. Or B. Require every campus in the school district to provide a period of prayer and readings from the Bible each day. C would allow schools to rename themselves for Christian martyrs or saints. D, would allow school buildings to be used as places of worship outside of school hours and regularly scheduled events. So which one of those things did Rep. Uh, Mays Middleton want from House Bill 2399? Read Bible, period of prayer where you could read the Bible, Allow schools to rename themselves for Christian martyrs or saints, or allow school buildings to be used as places of worship. 
Yeah. It's hard. I don't like any of these options. Jasmine, will you look up and see if it passed? I will. Okay. We go we go D. I think that one bothers me the least, maybe. Okay. That's all right, but it's actually B. Require every (laughs) campus in the school district to provide a period of prayer and readings. I think D is already the law. I think they can do that already. What? Really? I'm pretty sure. I don't think you can use secular buildings for worship. I'm pretty sure you can. Okay. So you're saying like my church of Satan can go to McAllen Middle School and be like, we're here. Get out. Get out of the art room, everybody. I got some things to do. Okay, you can steal everything, Dave, here with a question from the same game. The recent coronavirus-related restrictions placed on religious gatherings have drawn the ire of many of Texas's evangelical Christians. In response, the state legislature has passed SJR 27, which would propose a constitutional amendment to do which of the following? A, prevent political subdivisions from prohibiting or limiting religious services. B, require all local political subdivisions to display the Ten Commandments. C, (laughs) require all political subdivisions, which means like a town, a city, a mud, um, to quote Christian scripture before official meetings. Or D, require county courthouses to have a religious monument display similar to the one at the state capitol. I think it's A, because I think they were like, we want to make a law that you can't tell people they have to wear a mask in church. Dave, are you ready? Oh, I may be. I think you're right. You may or may not have won (laughs) the most knowledgeable comedian in Austin Award. Oh, that was so hard fought. What a comeback. Good game, Kirsten. That was that was great. Thank you, Dave. I learned a lot. Yeah, me too. That's what matters. Okay, everybody smile. (laughs) Okay, you can stop. All right. We'll we'll give that to Charlie to post. Um, I'd like you to know one thing. Apparently, while we were on air, there was an announcement at the airport that one of our listeners was at. And it said, the person who lost a lady's phone in the bathroom, please return to the screening area. And I just wanted to know, like, what is a lady's phone? How do you know it's a lady's phone? Really engaged commentary there in the chats. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's also, damn, I just gave that trophy to Goodwill. And... Various highs. So we're we're killing it. I mean, I dare say we're, we're killing it right now. Congratulations, Dave. You are the final most knowledgeable wow. comedian in Austin. Thank you. Wow. All right. What's yeah, next? Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. By the way, Stephanie, that bill by Mays Middleton was referred to public education and never received a committee hearing. Okay, good. Yes. So now it's time to meet the man whose thesis or a public, if you can jeep it, was awarded the lowest Bayard Trice Prize for creative scholarship after he drove 10,000 miles across the country to interview strangers about democracy. Hello, welcome Charlie Bonner. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Bye. Bye. Woo! Woo! 
Well, let's get right into it. What did people tell you? Uh, things are bad. That is that is uh, <laughs> that, that, that was the main takeaway. Yeah, yeah. Right before the 2018 election, I spent two months driving around and just going to small towns and coffee shops and restaurants and Trump rallies and everything in between, and just like talking to people about politics, um, which is probably. The cool, like, will always be the coolest thing I've ever done. Uh, but yeah. what was really interesting is how interested people were in talking about politics. Kind of part of what we were looking at through it, what, you know, the health of a democracy is only as good as people talking about politics. Um, the whole thing is building a system for people to talk and debate, fight one another in a healthy way, but as like not taking to the streets, right? And what I found is like, People all across uh, the country wanted to talk to me because they didn't want to talk to their friends or their family about it. <laughs> They're right. like, oh, look at this. Someone coming into town that's going to leave tomorrow. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> um, right. And so I only had one person like reject an interview in two months. Like everywhere I went, people were like, yes, we very much would like to be heard about what's going on right now. And it, yeah. and it ranged for people, right? For some people, that was like super local corruption that was happening in places like Selma. For some people, it was like hyper-national issues. People were like all getting it at a different place, but everyone wanted someone to talk to about it. And so I think a lot of what we're thinking about now is how do you create those spaces? What does that even look like in this time? Um, I think have gotten so bad. I'm trying to remember where you and I met. It was TFN, right? I think that sounds right. Okay, so talk to me Shout about- out. Shout out to TFN. TFN, Texas Freedom Network which sounds like a right-winged organization, but it actually is like, not. We don't let them own freedom, okay? That's right. Okay, and Kirsten, I've muted you because I'm hearing some strange little feedback. So I'm just going to mute you right now. It's almost like you're at a rave. Can you hear that little whistle? Yeah. My, my dog had to use the restroom, but he's done. <laughs> he's like 14, so I just opened the door for him to go out real quick. <laughs> okay, all right. We're I'm- back. We're back. I thought, does he touch an alarm on the door and that's when you know to go let him out? No, he just like looks at me and like whines a lot. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Awesome. <laughs> um, move.org focuses on increasing youth turnout. One of the games I was going to try to do was like, what's up with the youth? Who are the youth of Texas today and what are they Wouldn't doing? Wouldn't I like to know? Wouldn't okay. I like to know? Because let me just say, I don't think they have great communication skills. And I'm not talking about Jasmine here, okay? She's very good. She's very good. The best. So what are some of the challenges you see at uh, move.org and getting... Like, move Texas, not move.org. We're, I'm we are separate, but they're great too. We love them. Okay, um, awesome. Move Texas. Yeah, I think there's a lot of issues that we see across the board, but so much is often blamed on apathy and what we really see is that young people don't have an apathy issue they have an access issue we have a system that is designed for old rich white landowners to vote and absolutely no one else right that we've gotten anybody else into the game is a miraculous feat an act of revolution (laughs) every day that we are nearing a democracy that is as good as it's promised because we have never actually been there Um, When we look at some of the specific issues in Texas, things like not having online voter registration, like the vast majority of other states, for a young digital native generation, this is a like really big hindrance um, to how people get engaged. We also see a lack of polling stations near college campuses um, that generally folks don't have good access to transportation or they aren't on public transportation lines. 
there aren't great ways for young people to actually get to those polling locations. And so we've done things like bus people partnered with Lyft and Uber and different groups to like make sure that we could get folks there. Um, and then voter ID, as we talked about earlier, uh, student ID, regardless of whether it comes from a public institution of the state, is not a valid form of ID to vote, even though it is in many other places. And a Texas handgun license is a valid form, which tells you everything you need to know about who this state is interested in voting, who they are not interested in voting. I understand that your Sam's card is okay, but your Costco <laughs> card is not. Yeah, they're choosing winners. That's, that's, right. yeah. that's next session. That's the fifth special <laughs> of the next session. Oh my session. God. Don't let me give them any ideas. I noticed on your website, you have a list of kind of the history of voting. And I guess in like 1922, um, they pretty much just said black people are not allowed to vote, period. The all the all white primaries in Texas. All, yeah. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, I could try. Well, they were best. all white people. They were all white people. Okay. It was specifically, you know, and we think of like all the kind of mechanisms of this. And I think that actually is a really great timeline that we're actually turning into a TikTok station. Uh, so folks can really understand that what we're seeing right now is deeply connected to every bit of voter suppression that has been a part of this country forever. The all white primaries, I think, are important because they happened uh, for Democrats and Republicans. And everybody has been part of this voter suppression scheme for a long time, right? We also know that both parties generally benefit from hyperpartisan gerrymandering, depending on where they are, right? And so I think it's important just to note that this is a like complicated, messy history. Um, and what we're seeing right now is every bit as voter suppression as those fights that we've been through before. What evidence do you have that these are not just hypothetical barriers to voting, but actual barriers? Because I love the ideas. Right. One thing they talked about this last session was um, closing polls on Sundays, mm -hmm. right, which is really big for the African-American community because they norm souls to the polls. Yeah. Right. But do you is, is it just a progressive uh, theory or do do we have evidence that these voter suppression mechanisms have influenced elections? Yeah. Uh, yes. A, a lot of it. Okay. And, and that's mm -hmm. our uh, show. And, and that's that on that. Uh, no, there's been a great, great study over the past years of not just some academic studies, I believe from Penn that we're talking about really ranking by state how difficult it is to vote, what the actual voter experience is. And on those rankings, Texas ranks as the most difficult state in the country to vote and the costliest state in the country to cast a ballot. So you're thinking about things like how much, how, how little public transportation there is in this state. How is a voter actually going to get to the polls if they don't have access to a car or access to public transportation, right? Getting that approved form of driver's license or many of the seven different forms of ID there require you to have your birth certificate and have a copy made there that has cost associated with it. Um, all these different levels of this process, sending in your vote by mail application and your ballot both require stamps in this state. The state does not does not do pre-postage. Um, like all of these things are like add up to the end to making a really complicated web for voters to actually engage in this process. And so there are those kind of physical barriers, right? But also who wants to be involved in this system when everyone is telling them there is no place for it, right? If you are putting up all these barriers, the average person thinks, well, there must be barriers for a good reason. Like maybe Ooh. I don't need to be involved in this process, right? 
if we see what's happening with vote by mail right now, right, more than 20,000 vote by mail applications, ballots thrown out in the primary, yes, it is critical every single one of those voters was impacted, but every single voter in the state is impacted by the fear that that instills in them that their vote doesn't matter, that even if they show up, the state can legally throw it out, that if they do everything right, the state is still going to put up these obstacles. And so there's a sense of hopelessness that comes with that. And to me, that is such a big part of the low voter turnout that we see here, is people don't have a belief that anything can change. And the conversations that we have and why I really show up and do this work is I think every single person who registers, every single person who shows up to a protest to cast a ballot, you're taking some control over your own life and the future of your community, for yourself, for your family. It's about ownership. It's about you owning the future of your community. And that matters regardless of who wins and loses. And it matters every single time that we have a sense of place here. We have a sense of belonging. We have a sense of ownership over our communities. We know that changes people's lives. And it's a sense of empowerment that no voter suppression law can take away. There's actually, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a story. It's going to be mostly wrong, but I'll look it up and figure it out later. There's a, a Holocaust survivor and he tells this story about he's in the concentration camp and they're in the showers. And there's no soap, but he sees this old man kind of like lathering up and he says to him, what are you doing? Right. There's no point. There's no soap. And he's like, but I'm not going to let them take this away. There's something about like going through the motions. And yeah, Dave, do you know what I'm trying to say better than? Yeah, I definitely. I mean, that's the story I've heard, too. Yeah, that it's just like you don't let them take away, you know, these these very basic things. So what are the solutions, Charlie? There's, there's a lot of them. Um, uh, do I have a lot of optimism that the state is going to do anything to benefit voters? No, I do not. But, but do you believe that they will overcome these barriers? Because if the movie Footloose taught me anything, it's just go across county lines to get what you need to get done, which is sad, sadly, you know, uh, even across county lines, things still bad. Things are okay, still bad. All right. I do think that we can overcome this. And I think there are legislative things that we can do down the road. We're involved in laws. There are lots of lawsuits happening right now, both of this law. And we have to remember that we have a new voter suppression law. We already had the most difficult state to vote in before that law was ever passed, right? Like we're dealing with decades here. And so there's a lot of different um, levels to this fight. But I think uh, what this moment really calls for is for us to show up as more than voters. Uh, It's no longer enough to be engaged and only show up on election day. We have to be the trusted sources on our elections that we wish the state was going to be because they are not going to show up and help anybody navigate these laws. And so it's on us to read up on them, to make sure that people know on the vote by mail application and the ballot, they should put both their driver's license and their social security number. Even though it only asks for one, you should put both because if it doesn't match what's in the file, they will throw it out. Uh, that is one of the things that we can all internalize and start having conversations about so that our friends, maybe a young person who is registered to vote at home and is voting by mail because they're at college, our grandparents, folks who are older than 65, have a disability, folks that are trying to navigate this. It's on us now to help each other navigate this. Really, I think we go back to a mindset of where we were in the winter storm last year, a, a real moment when it seemed like no elected officials were coming to save us. They were not going to do anything for everyday Texans. And we watched them let people die for politics, right? But we showed up for each other. We showed up in community for one another again and again and again. And in that same spirit, we have to show up for each other now. 
Um, and I think that that means doing this and having these conversations. It means volunteering to be a poll worker so we can keep those polling locations open, uh, to be an election judge, to get involved in this process. There, there really is um, never been a more important time to show up. I'm just going to, yes, let's have this moment. Thank you. Never a more important time. Do you think that, what do you think would happen if we had a 95% participation rate in Texas voters? I'm and like, I don't I'm, think that's good enough. I'm aiming for a hundred. That, that is what wow. I'm going for. A hundred percent eligible voters every time. Right. And that, you know, it's part of what we believe at MOVE is that we are, we are trying to build an electorate that represents the people who actually live here. This is a massively diverse state, it, but it, that is not necessarily reflected in the folks who show up and vote, right? And so as a result, we elect people who don't show up for our values, who don't show up for us, that don't feel accountable to us um, in the vast majority of Texans, right? We're talking about millions of people. And so I think that our state would be fundamentally different if we were at 100% voter participation, because we would start to elect people who actually represent our communities instead of whatever the hell it is we have now. <laughs> whatever the hell it is. Okay, so let's talk about the primary elections. And then right now we have a constitutional election. And honestly, what do you think it's going to be? 2%, 3% in the constitutional election? You know, I like to look at the positive Oh, side. my God. Um, people are showing up. Our neighbors are turning out in droves to speak no, out on these are, constitutional no, amendments. No, they you are know, not. if we no. dream it, we can do it, Stephanie. No, not here. Charlie, you can't do any. I will never climb Mount Everest, period. Full stop. No matter how much I dream about it. Okay. Isn't that a great story? So, I was like, <laughs> end of comment. End. End. So, what are you like? It's like right now. There's an election right now. Yeah. How how are you turning out the vote right now? How, how are you getting kids to care about the Constitution and property taxes? And I do want to point out to everybody that uh, you're going to save a whole one hundred and seventy five dollars. One hundred and seventy five dollars. So, thank you. Dan Patrick, yeah, that's that like big, living expenses for a whole week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That was the big problem affecting us here. That's really <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, there are other things on the ballot also in a lot of local communities. There are bonds. In Travis County, there's work here to decriminalize marijuana. That's a lot of the conversations that we're having with young people about the impact on your vote, on the things you already care about. Are these constitutional amendments a little uh, difficult to get through? Yes, like Snorfest, absolutely. Uh, but we're doing the best we can to really break it down for people so that they have the best understanding of it. Some of my favorite projects that we've done for past um, constitutional elections, um, we run a program called Deep Cut the Vote, uh, where we match deep cut songs with the deep cut amendments, uh, the, the, the kind of B-side of elections that people don't normally know about. And so we match them and we come up with playlists that people can listen to while they go and vote um, and break down all those propositions as they relate to these songs. It's a wonderful program. Um, that we've run for the past several constitutional amendments. So we're always we're always thinking of something about how we can break this shit down. What what brings you down? 
Because it sounds like nothing does, and I'm trying to think of something. Oh, I'm like, everything, Stephanie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> things are bad, Stephanie. What are you talking about? I thought we were having like fun and so we were having fun and games. We were. Tonight. Remember earlier when we had all those funny games about abortion <laughs> and immigrants? I mean, yeah. I haven't even talked about immigrants in a long time. Yeah, things are bad here. Um, it's not a great time to be a person who really loves Texas uh, as, mm -hmm. as, as I do yeah. so much. I think last year was really difficult for people in the movement and for people that work in the Capitol and for people who watched the thing happen, right? Like, I think what we're seeing is evil. We are, we are seeing cynicism. We are seeing, like, an all-out fight to hold on to power that is more important than people's lives. Like that's the reality of this fucking state right now, right? Yeah. And that and that is a tough reality for people to sit with. But I have so much hope for the people that from the people that continue to show up. You know, last year was horrible and we had many legislative sessions, particularly on our issues around voting rights that lasted upwards of 24 hours. I had probably five or six all-nighters at the Texas Capitol staying with folks. And every single time, more and more people showed up. Even in the middle of the night, there were that last legislative session, um, the last special where they eventually, mm -hmm. unfortunately, passed that piece of legislation. There were more than 400 people who showed up to speak in opposition to that piece of voter spread from all over the state. And there, there was a couple there that had come down from Dallas and had their two small kids with them. And they, we had rooms full of activists trying to entertain the kids, bring them <laughs> snacks and coloring books for what was a tremendously long day. And their parents finally testified at around four o'clock in the morning. The two kids are asleep in the back of the hearing room. But it was important for them to stay because they wanted to be able to tell their kids when everything was on the line, they showed up. They're just voters who wanted to show up and tell their story and speak out for what they thought was right. And they wanted to do it with their family. And there's something so powerful about that because it doesn't matter what obstacles you put in those folks' ways. Those people are showing up and their kids are gonna show up because they know that this is important and that's what their family does. And so having those sort of conversations, meeting those sorts of folks does fill me with so much hope, even amidst the absolute chaos that we find ourselves in. Bless your heart. What is one thing you wish people knew right now about voting and how important it is to show up at the Capitol? Oh, j just one thing. <laughs> one um, thing that the regular person doesn't know that you and I and Jasmine know, and even Dave knows, and Kirsten is starting to know, like <laughs> the average person who's sitting there, yeah. like the person who's saying my vote doesn't matter, the first thing. Yeah. What what do we say to them? You know what? If it doesn't matter, why don't you just do it anyway? That's what <laughs> it, I'm like, right? If like, it didn't matter, they wouldn't be trying so hard to take your vote away. Yeah. <laughs> they have spent millions of dollars over generations to silence you because you are powerful. And when you show up, things change. And I think that is so important for us. And I think that that is grounded for me. And we have to remind ourselves that these elected officials work for us. Um, they get to work in the shiny pink building, you know, down Congress Avenue, but they work for us. We have hiring and firing ability. And so they are responsible to us. And you can, sh that is a people's building. It is a public building. You can show up there and hold those folks accountable because they work for you. Um, and I think we have to get back to that mindset instead of putting these folks on a pedestal because regardless of what party they are, there's no elected official that's my hero, okay? Like the people who show up are my heroes and the people yeah. who hold them accountable are my heroes. 
Um, but I'm not impressed just because you have the honorable before your title. Well, that's what we're trying to do here. Thank you, Charlie. Are there any questions from comedians or announcer for Charlie? Yeah, I guess I've got a question. I, I think it was 2016 after the presidential election when Trump won. I think I had an idea, and I haven't done much in politics, but I was like, I feel like the world is so divided. Like the U.S. was so divided politically. And I was like, you know what I want to do? I just want to drive across America and talk to people about politics. And But like, I was like, I don't know. What do you like? What do you do? Like, do you write it down? Do you like write an article? Do you blog? Like, how do you what do you even do? And I love that, like, that's literally what you did. I'm curious to hear, like, what did you do? Like, were you just like, cool, that was fun, and now I'm going to work for this nonprofit? Or were you, like, publicizing it? Or, like, what was the, yeah, what was going around that? Yeah. Um, I actually, part of how we, like, engaged folks, you know, I actually live blogged the thesis, which is not how most people write their thesis. Basically turned in a blog as, as a thesis. Where, um, but can I, we still see it? Um, yeah, I could send you an edited version that's probably a little better than what I wrote in like shitty coffee shops across this nation. Uh, but I had a real like community with me, which was really important because I was alone for two months. Um, right. And there were people from all over the country that were following it and commenting on it, not like a massive thing, but folks who wanted to be invested in it that um, wanted to try to have those conversations. And, and so, yeah, then I, we came back and the whole point of it was to try to give, you know, so much, so often a thesis is really um, unapproachable or, you know, overly academic. And uh, I pitched them and I was like, I want to write like basically a magazine style thesis that someone could pick this up and understand um, what these conversations were, what it meant, and try to look at like that health of the democracy through those conversations. And so thankfully we got to have lots of them. People could read it. We had public presentations and stuff and try to spur those conversations where we could. I still like, am like sort of Insta friends with several people I interviewed along okay, the wait, way. Okay, wait, you're Insta friends with people you interviewed, but we're still just like, I'm like people you're no, on a podcast you're, with? You're my What's best that? friend. <laughs> you're my okay. girl, Steph. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was an amazing amazing trip i'm trying constantly trying to figure out like who will give me money to do it again like peace yeah. out this is my next venture i'm getting back in the car well um, that guy who like interviews people like he was just talking he's not the first guy who did it but not jordan klepper the other one and he just interviewed people who said that they think actors play joe biden and the woman's like yes jim carrey plays him and when Biden fell down the stairs a bunch of times on the plane, that was Jim Carrey, like trying to make a joke. Like, I think you could do that. I think we could find a way to fund you to do that. I'm like, let's get it going. Let's okay. get it going. Maybe Over the Ledge could fundraise to send you across Texas to do My that. My Venmo is. <laughs> I, I have one more follow question, Charlie. That's so cool. Um, so I, I think something that I feel like I'm missing is I, I feel like I live in my like bubble, right? I talk to people and they're all like, yeah, this is so messed up, well, whatever, liberal bubble. And I feel like one thing that I think I would be good at and I think I'm generally okay at is like talking to people who disagree with me without being like, you're a monster, you should leave. Like I, I like talking to people who disagree with me. I think it's like difficult and I think it helps me and I think it helps them. And I have looked like, but I, I guess I, I don't know the venue. I don't know where... Mm -hmm. Without being like, hey, I overheard your conversation. I don't think people should have AK-47. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know the place to be like, this is, I want to discuss this. And I want you to challenge my views. 
I want to challenge your views, but also I want us to have a hot dog and just be like, yeah, how about those Astros? You know, whatever. Yeah. So I was wondering if you have any thoughts on that. This, I mean, it's something that we like think about and like have conversations about a lot because I think a lot of the the avenues that are created for this, like that are political are like, you're like self-selecting who's coming into that in a way that's like not particularly interesting. And uh, this isn't like a great answer, but I think it is like the friendship has to come first. The trust has to come first, right? If you're like really going to have that conversation in a productive way. Um, And I think it is about, you know, how do we, and I think about this all the time because it was actually really easy for me to have a lot more conservative friends when I worked at the Capitol. <laughs> They're crawling with them. Um, <laughs> but but I also had a really, you know, <clears throat> naive sort of belief. Um, the, the hallway I worked on at the Capitol was uh, our Democratic office and all um, members of the Freedom Caucus was our entire hallway, um, Freedom Alley. Uh-huh. Um, and so I spent a lot of time in these places. And I also thought, you know, Maybe, maybe there's an off chance that I could convince one of these people like me as like a human person. Right. And eventually their boss is going to have to vote on some bigoted piece of legislation that's going to like directly impact my life. And my only hope is that at the end of all of this, I am somewhere in the back of them and their love for me might, might spur them or give them pause to push back right. on their boss to do that sort of thing. Uh, because they liked me as a person, not because they liked my politics or because I tried to sell them on. You know, it's because I wanted to be their friends, and I was like, "Hey, do you want to learn about how grinder works?" Uh, would you? <laughs> I'm like, I see that you don't know any other gay people. Would you like to? <laughs> would you like to learn yeah. more? Um, and I, maybe that's a naive thing, but I also I think maybe in the long run, hopefully, some of those people are in power somewhere one day, and we can push this a little bit further. Well, so I do have one question. Um, During the pandemic and the ice storm, one thing that I realized was like the importance of community and the importance Mm -hmm. of voting voting regularly and not just the presidential election. So I made like a permanent New Year's resolution to vote in every election. But I did actually, it's tough. Well, it's tough because this time around, I've made all of them. I didn't realize there was an election going on in Austin until yesterday. Someone posted it on Instagram. Otherwise, to I wouldn't have month. known. To this month. And separate. See, and I just learned about that one right now. So yeah. my question is, if you're someone who has dedicated yourself, and quite frankly, it's not because I love it. I'm not big on politics, but I think it's like my it's duty bad. as a community citizen. Um, if you want to make sure you're voting regularly, what should I follow to make sure that I'm showing up and doing the proper research beforehand, et cetera? Yeah, totally. Uh, well, you can go to movetexas.org. If you sign up for our email list, we put out reminders of everything you need to know about an election every single time there's an election. Um, the League of Women Voters is always a great resource too. Their website, Vote411, um, is where you can put in your address and see what your entire ballot is. That's another great way. And I think they have updates that you can sign up for there that they'll send you text updates. Rock the Boat also does great text updates um, if you sign up on their website nationally. I just got mine last week. That was like, reminder, there's an election in your area. Um, so lot, lots of great resources and all, all the socials for Move. We have lots of artists that we work with that try to make things uh, a, little, a little better than the state's doing them to try to communicate to people about what's going on. I'll go get on it then. 
Yes, and I'm right you. here, Kirsten. You, you know people now. You know people. <laughs> I will say I knew there was an election coming up, but I just happened to be in a shopping center where there was a vote sign. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's time. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you a little side note. So, you know, they give you those little finger condoms to vote. The best. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Love so this. I just threw mine in the bottom of my car, as I do with all my trash. My mom got into the car the other day and she looked down and she's like, oh, there's something you need to talk about. <laughs> it's like a very little, little. It's so little. Oh. And then she was like, it's okay to advocate for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to get. I love her. All right, Jasmine, take us home. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you, Charlie. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much to our special guests, Charlie Bonner, Dave Ron, and Kirsten Anderson. Charlie, where can people find you next? Uh, you, If you really, really must, you can follow me on Twitter at Charlie K. Bonner. I warned against it. Stephanie did not give a roaring endorsement today of my content. So, you know. It's very knowledgeable. It's very She's informative. On She's on adventure. Not... Yeah. Okay. What about uh, the thing called TikTok? No. No? I thought you said you were on it. Absolutely not. Okay, fine. Well, I'm going to make... I'm the oldest 26-year-old alive. <laughs> it's over my head. I don't even get it. I don't understand. <laughs> All right. Dave, where can people find you next? Um, I do some improv comedy at Merlin Works. If you go to merlin-works.com, you can usually find me doing a, a weekend show. Wonderful. And last but not least, Kirsten, where can people find you next? Yeah, so Kirsten Anderson underscore comedy. I post whatever I'm up to on there. Thank you so much. And thank you to our over-the-ledge benevolent empress, Stephanie Chiarello. Benevolent. <laughs> she wrote that. Thank you, to our, <laughs> thank you to our sound engineer, Tom Booker. Just remember, Tom Booker loves you. Uh, let's thanks Jasmine. Thanks to Jasmine Owen for guiding yeah. us through this episode. This was yeah, her first announcer gig, right? Yeah, so okay. let's like really very good. Even asking for the script in advance, dedicated. I think one day we're going to be like, I knew her. I knew her when. Uh, and a, a second thank you to our sponsors. Thank you very much. We couldn't do this without you. And that's our show. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and now TikTok as at Over the Ledge. See you September 16th through 18th at the Long Center. Bye. 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 Okay, so let's go back to who's had sex in the Capitol. <laughs> <laughs>